What makes a great solar business? How can you learn from the past and prepare for the future so your solar business thrives? We set out to answer these questions and more. My name is Nigel Morris and I'm the Head of Business Development at Solar Analytics. Welcome to Great Solar Business, proudly brought to you by Solar Juice. Hello, solar friends, and welcome back to yet another episode of Great Solar Business. This week, we explore yet more secrets of great solar business, and our topic for this episode is surviving the solar coaster. It might seem obvious that relationships matter in business, but do deep and long-term relationships with technology suppliers really make a difference to business? And if so, how? How can solar businesses and suppliers help each other to build trust? How can relationships help you survive the ups and downs of the solar coaster? To answer this question, I reached out to my old friend, and he's quite old. In fact, I think he's older than me, Mr. Lindsay Hart. Welcome to Great Solar Business. Well, thank you, Nigel. I think that was a a lovely introduction, I hope. (laughs) I'm not so sure about the old, but we'll go with it. Yeah, well, mate, you and I have uh, beaten the boards, as they say, for many, many years together. Uh, We have, um, you know... Uh, you've led and 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 left a, a gaping hole for me to fill, uh, and vice versa in many many presentations over the years. So um, it's terrific to have you on the show. Now, given that you're so old and um, uh, have been around the industry for so long, of course, there's many many tens of thousands of new people in the solar industry uh, these days, which is wonderful. We need those young people to come in and fill the shoes of aging, decrepit people like you. Uh, and um, it's going to go this way, Lindsay, just saying. Uh, so, um, but for those who don't know Lindsay, mate, give us, give us a history and um, tell us, you know, about yourself, what you do and uh, what you've been doing for all these years. Well, I guess it all started back in, for, for me, it was 19, 1980. I was an apprentice electronics tradesman with a company called Selectronic uh, here in Melbourne. And um, we were approached by a company to make some transformers uh, for an inverter kit that the hobbyists would put together. So we, we were making those transformers for them and we were selling more and more of these transformers. And uh, the, uh, the owner of the company thought there must be a bit of a market for these inverter thingies. So we decided to make our own inverter and uh, myself and Ken Scott, who was the, uh, the son of the owner of the company at the time, he was an engineer, Ken, and uh, we set about making an inverter and uh, we thought it would be a really good product. It was 360 watts and it was a square wave inverter. We thought it would be a really good product for the camping market and that style of thing and uh, fair to say it was a complete flop because it was just it wasn't <laughs> practical. <laughs> I mean, how do you go to... A campsite, for instance, with uh, with this thing that uh, well, it's going to drain your battery pretty quickly if you put a, a floodlight on there or something. So uh, after we sort of got to a bit of reality, we had a gentleman walk in one day who uh, was an alternative-looking gentleman, and he suggested that he'd heard that we used inverters, and um, we asked him what it was for, and he said, "Oh, for these for solar systems." And we sort of quizzically looked at him, thinking, "What are these solar systems?" And um, he educated us and started using our product and uh, then other companies in Melbourne such as Going Solar and Solar Charge and uh, even our old friend uh, Brian England at Self-Sufficiency Supplies in those days and uh, that was my my gig was basically helping to sell 
the product range at Selectronic and also uh, a fairly important part in, in developing and understanding, listening to the market. And uh, I worked there for about nine years and then went and did something else for just two or three years and then came back to the company and then uh, decided to have a stint at Solar Energy Australia. So technical sales was always what I've really been doing and I love training and being uh, being in front of people. And then um, back to the company. So I've been back with the company for about 17 years now. So I'm the sales manager here and uh, as a manufacturer's rep, it's it's a little bit of a different role from a, a normal sales rep where you've really got to be looking at marketing, you've got to be looking at product development. Um, and I think it's really important in my own portfolio when you're talking about off-grid electricity to be able to say, well, you know, I walk the walk, I talk the talk. And so uh, in 1994, we decided to leave our home in the, the Dandenongs of, uh, of Melbourne and look for some land that actually had no power because we figured that would be cheaper that way. And uh, we actually actively went and set up a lifestyle of being off the grid, and uh, that was 27 years ago. And we still live there, and we're still off the grid. Would we call ourselves a pioneer? Absolutely not, because there were so many more people from your old stomping ground, Nigel, and Nimbin, et cetera, who were, were way ahead of us. They were the real pioneers. But, uh, you know, by today's standards, 27 years off the grid, probably are a bit of a pioneer, but certainly technical sales, training, talking to people, trying to outdo you at every time we uh, we get to uh, talk together on the same bill. And uh, living off grid is is what I've, I've done. So technical sales really is, is, is it. But there's a, there's a snapshot. But it's not bad when you can do that in just 15 years, being that I'm, you think I'm a bit older than I am, but I'm only 45. But that sounds good. Good on you, mate. And, and Selectronics, you were saying to me the other day that, I mean, Selectronics are, are you know, you're, focus on off-grid solar of course and you've done some amazing things over the years i think i've actually got one of your really really old little 300 watt inverters down in the shed somewhere that i that i uh that i keep for uh for, for applications that you made 20 years or so ago but the the company is actually one of the oldest solar inverter companies in the world if i'm not mistaken right yeah, that's right, Nigel. It was something that dawned on us about 18 months ago when we started to think about the brands that were around when Selectronics started. And uh, we had companies such as Trace Engineering from the States who were around then, and they're no longer around. They're in a different format now. I think probably gone on and on and on into a few different variations of now Schneider, I think. Um, there was also a company called uh, Wind Energy Australia from Melbourne. They're, they're gone. Um and I think there's another Canadian company, and they're all they're all gone. So in this sort of part of the market segment, we would be uh, potentially the most experienced company in the world. Which, when we sort of realised that, we thought, yeah, that kind of made us just a little bit chuffed. We don't like to say the oldest company; we'd rather say the most experienced. Most experienced, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. And the really exciting thing about that, I think, is that one of the uh, the close second companies is also another Australian company. So, you know, Australian manufacturing has got quite a, a rich history in, in this market space. It's 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 a remarkable story. And, and you know, although not obviously it's, you know, off-grid is not the biggest market in, in Australia, but to know that we have one of the most experienced uh, solar inverter off-grid specialists in the world based right here is... Um, that's oh, a testament to the rest of the people in your organisation for letting you uh, hang around for that long, uh, mate. Well, I'm sure they'll see the error of their ways one day. Um, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's it's like every every day there is a new challenge. Um, yeah. The solar coaster that we talk about, but also Australian manufacturing. And uh, 
they throw up constant challenges that you just have to keep working your way through. And I like to sort of think about it from a cricketer's point of view. You've just got to play each ball, each ball on its merits. Mm. And sometimes each ball will be each day. It will throw up new new challenges. But certainly we've seen so many different variations and new government subsidies come along and go, mm. new mm. products come and go. And, yeah, the Australian manufacturer is, is certainly a challenge, but um, being in this industry is a double challenge. So, yeah, we've... We think we've done quite well. It's been times where it's been really, really tough and you've sort of wondered where your next meal is coming from. Absolutely. And I think anyone who tries to, to pretend that that's not the case might be just uh, needing to have a bit of a wake-up call. Mm. In fact, that's it's exactly how we got onto this topic, right? That, that that we were, you know, we were talking about the ups and downs, and you know, the lessons that you learn over the years. And I, I certainly, um, you know, you and I both talked about the fact that we don't want to get on here and reminisce like a couple of old guys with, um, you know, a couple of whiskeys at one a.m. Um, but there are certainly a lot of lessons that come along with that experience, right? And and you know. It, what's your recollection of how we got onto this topic and and you know what what's standing out for you about how what what the experiences are that you've learned about how being around for 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 so long and surviving the solar coaster and you know what are those lessons that you can share oh how long have we got nigel um, <laughs> i think the, the the critical thing is that um you you can't keep looking backwards You've got to learn from history. I think that's really important, but you have to learn from history with a view of saying, oh, how do I apply that to now and to the future to stay relevant? Um, mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't mind a dollar for every company that we've seen come and go and uh, and leave a trail of destruction behind them, and mm-hmm. both in the in the retail sector, installation sector, and also in manufacturers as, as well. And if you don't learn from it, then it wasn't really... It was no good to you if you didn't learn from it. Let's look back for a brief moment. You learn from it and say, right, let's let's go on. And the the resilience that's required in business these days is is massive. Uh, whether that be, hang on, am I am I in the right part of the market? Now, my, yep. my grandma used to say to me, if you live by price, you're going to die by price. So how do you differentiate? And that's such such a challenge. And if you look at some of the brands that are in the market at the moment, both in the grid-connected or the energy storage market, then you don't see the cheapest brands. You see the best value brands. And that comes in so, so many different ways. You know, we have an example at the moment where a particular product, I won't mention the products, but um, it's a better proposition from a point of view of price, mm-hmm. performance, Mm-hmm. Warranty, mm. but yet it's um, it's soiled its nappies too many times in the past, and it just cannot sell the products that it should be selling. It deserves to sell a lot more, but it can't get over a couple of its competitors who have done um, a better job all round for the last ten years. And now that is so so critical. You know, there's a there's a saying in the music industry: you're only as good as your last record. And I mm. think the same is true in business and. It's really important the times that we've had to go go an extra mile where we've thought, gee, this is this is going to hurt to our bottom line, but we know that in the bigger picture that it's well and truly worthwhile. I, I remember we had a situation where a courier had had just destroyed a situation for, for us and an installer, and uh, the installer suggested that he was going to be costing himself a significant amount of money because a certain part hadn't arrived. And um, 
he he yelled and swore and got it off his chest and I suggested to him, okay, well, we'll, we'll have it up there tonight. This was about a um, oh, thousand kilometres away. Wow. And he suggested to me, well, how are you going to do that? Drive it up here yourself. And I suggested, yes, we were. Uh, we literally got somebody in a car and we drove 11 hours to get that part there. Now, those things, you know, ordinary people do ordinary things, but we had made that decision to, to do something like that. And, of course, Sometime that will work in your in your favour and, and, and be a great bonus and that person will remember that. But I think it's really important to make sure you do the little things, do the hard things that nobody else might want to do. Very, very important lesson that we've learned is is never forget, you know, where you were and and remain hungry. Mm. Uh, hungry to satisfy that customer, hungry to 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 find a way to be better and keep improving yourself. And for goodness sakes, listen to your customers. You know, think it's one of the most important things it's it's you're reminding me of 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 the conversation that we were having mate and about how uh you know the industry has changed so much which is which is a great thing um but about how in tough times particularly when the solar coast is dipping like it is right now you know we've seen some some very tough times for many many businesses over the last few months particularly as the lockdown affects all of us and everything else and and we were chatting about you know which which companies are going to survive and 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 how deep will suppliers go to support those companies and where does that loyalty kick in right and and you know solar products are a dime a dozen they're easy to buy in bulk at low prices but you know how does how does building relationship with a supplier and a manufacturer really help especially in times like this, right? And it's, it's you know, it's in the olden days, you'd get in your car and you'd drive a thousand k's to help someone out to, to, to fix a problem. I, I, uh, I, I could, I could rattle off numerous stories about similar issues where it was the depth of relationship that we had with customers uh, back in the days when I worked for a big PV manufacturer that made all the difference. I, I, I remember having to go to my entire my entire customer base, which which at that time was about eighty percent of the Australian market, when I worked at BP in our heyday, we supplied eighty percent of the entire market, and I had to go to them and say, "Well, I don't have enough product. There's a global shortage, so you know you're not going to get what you need or what you want." Uh, and by the way, the price has got to go up as well. Um, so, but let's work our way through that, and and. You know, a short in a short term relationship, that's just the end of the relationship. The business is off. You, you know, the deal's done. You're not going anywhere. But without exception, every single one of my customers said, "Nights, this is going to hurt. It's going to be uncomfortable." But let's have a conversation about how we can get through this together. And it was the depth of that relationship that we'd built, and the trust that we had with each other. Uh, that we'd established over many, many years that allowed us all to help each other get through it. And we did. Um, tell me about how you're seeing that play out. I couldn't, uh, couldn't agree more, Nigel. I think that uh, we see, say, social media, it's, it's a friend, but it's also a foe as well because it gives people a voice. And that's a good thing, but you've got to know how and when to use that voice and I, I'm a big believer that the basics of sales hasn't changed. It's still about relationships. People will buy from people they like. I'm sure that there'll be extremes of that, but 
relationships 101 and I'm, I'm a huge believer that like if you've got the option pick the phone up or answer an email for goodness sakes pick the phone up I think it's critical and uh, I say that with a certain amount of hypocrisy and I, uh, I call a the, the only time I worked for another company in this industry other than Selectronic, I went and worked for a company at, at Solar Energy Australia and um, the first thing I wanted to do was to evaluate their products in, in depth and find out their strengths and weaknesses. Knowing, I, well, feeling I had the relationship with a lot of people in the industry, but I had to know I had the product. And I found, I found a number of weaknesses in the product at Solar Energy Australia and obviously coming from Selectronic knew their strengths and weaknesses. And so what I did is I identified that and then I went to those relationships I had and said, hey, this product is really good in these in this part, but here it's not so good. And probably almost to uh, 100% of those customers, they said, okay, seeing as though you've told us that, we'll work with that. Uh, one of the issues was it was going to actually draw a little bit more power over the day, and these were all off-grid mm-hmm. systems in those days. So it just meant they said, okay, we understand that, yes, this product is a bit cheaper than the Selectronic, but we're going to have to put an extra solar panel on. Okay, Understanding that, though, we'll deal with it. Mm-hmm. And it didn't create any problems. But if I had have said nothing about it and then let them find out the hard way, then we were going to have trouble. And I think that the relationships, you know, I see sometimes people get onto Facebook and just start talking about a manufacturer or a distributor or supplier and bag them. Mm-hmm. If you think you're going to get any special treatment from that uh, supplier next time round, you're probably not quite right, I would suggest, it's best pick that pick the phone up, talk to the supplier that you've got the problem with, and work through it. Stay in touch with these people is really important. Uh, mm. At the end of the day, we all want the same thing. We all want to sell maximum amount of product, have happy customers, and make a, an appropriate profit. It's it's not really that hard when you break it down. But uh, if you want to jump on social media and bag, it's Sure, there's going to be a time if you're not getting a supply, a manufacturer or supplier who's just not listening. Okay, you might have to eventually do that to get some action. But I think having a close relationship is so so critical. Have it with your your supplier and also have it sorry with your distributor and with the manufacturer. Even though you may not be buying directly from manufacturing, make sure that they know who you are and that they know how good the work is that you do. So that when they've got a sales lead, perhaps it can be as simple as that: a sales lead to uh, to say. Hey, I know this guy. He does good work. I'm going to pass that lead because something I learned from a TED talk not long ago was that if you try and take a partnership to make it successful, it does require the supplier and the customer to have an alignment of cultures, an alignment of cultures and, and beliefs. If you don't have that alignment, it's unlikely the relationship is is going to work. And I just think that's such a, for me, was such a valuable learning um, I can't remember the gentleman who was was um, who was doing the TED talk, but I just thought that really resonated with me. To yeah, that's really important. You know, you know what it's like yourself, Nigel. You, you come across uh, somebody, you think, "Geez, I just don't trust them." You're not going to uh, you're not going to want to work with them, even though that's they right. might ne- be a bit of business. Never, never happened to me in thirty years. <laughs> no, no, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure not. But but uh, you know, it can also be. And we've we've had it both ways, where with the right relationship, and it could be. It could simply be a small installer in the middle of nowhere that doesn't do a lot of business. It doesn't matter. They're just as important. And I, I'm struggling a little bit at the moment with a lot of people who ring me and say, oh, look, I'm sorry to bother you. I think, what? What do you mean you're sorry to bother me? Um, and, and that's just because they think that, oh, well, they're a small player and we're a bigger company 
and they don't want to bother. That's, you know, that's rubbish. And I normally challenge them and say, well, hang on, you're just as busy as I'm just as busy. But yeah, getting to that relationship is, is critical. And it might be that one time they're in trouble. Hey, look, could you help us out here? You're going to do it for the people that have that you work with, that you trust, that you have a relationship and vice versa. We've certainly sometimes had that situation. Hey, look, we've got this system. It's gone belly up type thing. Could you help us out? And we get that back. And that's uh, both a personally satisfying part of the, of the industry. Like I think I could travel all around Australia when I do finally decide to move into the uh, into the next phase, uh, which isn't next week, by the way, any of my colleagues listening. Um, then I reckon I could travel all around Australia and customers would either put me up or tell me where to go in camping spots or whatever. And that's that's just been the relationships of, of years and years. But, uh, yeah, see, see your suppliers really much as uh, they're on the same side as you and let's work together to, to get through whatever the problems might be really critical. It's so true, isn't it? And, and, and you know, um, especially in times like we have now where the market's uh, dipping and, you know, things get tough, uh, it gets harder to pay your bills, all those kinds of things. Um, you know, over over the decades that I've been in this, I've always said to, uh, to my customers, uh, you know, if you've got a problem with payment, the thing to do is have a chat. Uh, for example, uh, let's have a conversation about this. I don't want I don't want to wreck your business. I'd love to see your business, uh, uh, you know, uh, prosper and grow and everything else. And so, you know, I've I've got the ability to be patient. For example, and and if, as long as I know what's going on, and as long as we're having an open and trustworthy conversation, and we all stick to the agreements that we have, then you know we can help each other. And I think that's the 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 depth and the strength of relationships and how it can really help, especially in the depths of the solar coaster. But listen, uh, we're, um, we're, we're, we're banging on. And so we need to take a break and catch our breath and hear a message from our sponsors. Solar Juice is Australia's leading solar distributor, providing complete residential and commercial rooftop solar component solutions. Solar Juice aligns themselves with brands that share their values of service, support, quality and value for money. Like their panel brands, REC, Hyundai, Trina and Longy, their inverters, SMA, Fronius and SunGrow, along with the Tesla Powerwall battery. Check out solarjuice.com.au and let SolarJuice help you become a great solar business. Great Solar Business is also brought to you by Solar Analytics. Get more from your solar, more confidence, more savings and more insights with solaranalytics.com.au. And uh, a huge thank you to our sponsors for keeping this show on the air. So, Lindsay, um, lots of good stuff here about how you can help to insulate your business from these ups and downs by building deep relationships, about how we have common interests in terms of, you know, a solar business wants to grow and prosper and survive and, you know, uh, pay the bills and, and, and find a way to make an honest living and, and manufacturers need to do the same. But let's let's shift gears for a minute. Let's start talking about the future here and start talking about how these things are changing because th- there are some things uh, that I've heard uh, around the traps about how things are changing and how we need to deal with them. Um, you, you touched on social media, uh, which particularly you know, allows everyone to, you know, very quickly uh, jump out into the open uh, market and, you know, 
crack the shits. Uh, and, and, you know, there are different ways that you can manage things. And of course, business is changing over time as well. And so we all need to find more efficient ways to do things. And we need to try and drive economy of scale into our business. What, what are you seeing, mate, that, that is changing? And, and what do you think that, uh, businesses can do, uh, to adapt, uh, to keep the strength of these deep relationships, but also to adapt to the changing marketplace? I think being agile is critical. Um, there's a good way to be agile and shift your business, and there's a really bad way to do it. And we have certainly seen quite a lot of that over the last 12 months where companies perhaps who were just doing grid tie systems now suddenly thinking, they can do off-grid systems. Uh, I should point out, whilst we've mentioned off-grid systems a lot here, off-grid systems is the dominant part of our market, but certainly it's not the only part we do. Uh, around about 25 to 30% of our, of our business is on the grid with battery storage again. But um, some companies have... Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, so you're into the sort of battery support part of the market as well, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's such a an integral part of our business, Um by by design, we knew we had to um, to diverse just a little bit. We can't just be an off grid company. But the the nice thing is that battery storage is is the technology, if you like, that actually brings those two together. Whether it be an off grid battery or an on grid battery, it's still battery storage. Um, mm. But we've seen some companies trying to go into cross into the the other markets and do it well, and um, and they did it well often by doing the old elephant principle, you know. Two ears, one mouth, um, something that us salespeople should always do, um, and asking questions of people who they trusted and respected. And I absolutely take my hat off to some of the younger players coming through in the market where they'd give you a call and say, hey, look, I'm doing this and this. I don't know what I'm doing here or I don't understand all of it. Give me some tips. And then, and then again, 101 sales, they shut up and listen and took it on board. Nice. And nice. that's uh, straight away I say, okay, I can, I'm prepared to invest more time in this person than the guy who comes along doesn't want, sorry, guy or girl comes along and asks you the question, then tells you the answer or cuts you off before you finished. Um, and they think they know it all. So they're going to get less time than the guy and girl who said, help me through this. I want to, I want to learn and I want to do this well. And we see some wonderful, wonderful systems coming through, through, younger people who really just want to do it do it well and it's uh, it's uplifting it really is powerful so you you're talking here about collaboration and partnership right which is which is and and you know i mean we just for the listeners benefit you know Lindsay and i have both been in the sort of supplier manufacturer space i've been a retailer and i know you've worked very very close in the retail space and we spent you know you've spent 6000 years out there in the industry uh, uh, so we've had plenty of experience. I'm trying really hard to understand what, what it's like to actually run a solar business. Um, but you know, um, collaboration and working together into a partnership as corny as that sounds, it really does cut through, right? It really does cut through, especially in these tough times, like we've been saying, but, but I mean, come back to it. Where, where are we going to be in a year or two, Lindsay? Is this, is this theory of of you know building these really deep relationships and investing? I mean, you can't drive a thousand k's every time, right? Mm. The, the economies of scale and everything else are, are coming in. How? What's the modern version 
of, you know, deep relationship? I think finding where all parties are going, where are they taking it? Uh, some companies like to make sure they stay close to governments to find out where they're trying to take the market. But, of course, we've got to know that is that what is it your interest? Is that the best for your company as well? So I can see coming quite quite a shift, a real shift. It's, it's already starting where we're seeing people making decisions based on their needs, their wants. Uh, we've seen quite a strong Australian-made desire over the last 12 months, which is really, really good. But we're also now starting to see people saying, you know what, all this grid-connected stuff, it's just getting too hard. All the standards and the requirements and the, the restrictions that it's putting on people, it's not for me. So I'm going to take my business and go elsewhere, e.g. I'm going off the grid. Mm-hmm. We're, seeing mm-hmm. a, we're seeing a big appetite for that in certain areas to, to say, well, yeah, this way I can, I can put as much PV on as I want. I can I can do this, I can do that. I'm not going to be told what to do. And, and I think making sure that you've got people who you can align with that will help to take you on these journeys is, is really part of it, is where is the company going? Don't be scared to ask a huge company, where are you going as a company? And does that align with my business? Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. Um, but if it doesn't, well, you're not likely to be successful in that particular relationship. And and don't be scared that just because you might be a smaller installer in the middle of nowhere who buys for a sub-distributor, who buys for a distributor, who buys from an importer, who buys from a manufacturer, your business should just be just as important to to that manufacturer as somebody who's doing maybe more business. But the the, the as they say, the uh, the cream always rises to the top. So we see quite a shift, and we're already starting to see it, of a, a bit of a defection from the grid into a, shall we say, a vertically integrated lifestyle. Interesting. And I was was talking to one of our mutual uh, older friends the other day who's been around the off-grid space and he was highlighting that, you know, in these, um, he's in um, Western Sydney, which is, you know, ground zero for, for, you know, volatility right now in the Australian solar industry. But, you know, off-grid's booming for him because there are people who are saying, well, maybe I want to get out of the inner west or, you know, high density living and I want to, I can afford to buy a block of land or I need to buy a block of land and just get out of town. And so, you know, off-grid is one of those lovely little segments that's that's just chugging along uh quite nicely uh and and you know it's it's keeping his business alive so it's it's one of those diversity stories that i hear so often on the show now mate we're, we're rapidly running out of time so um final question for you um uh and you can be as controversial as you like um you know, on this one but what i'm really looking for is what's your your what's your prediction for the next year or so so what what's your crystal ball telling you that businesses really need to be ready for over the next year or so and in the in the context of you know collaboration relationship building um you know diversity in markets all those types of things that we've been talking about what do you think is going to happen in the next year or so how's the market going to change and what do businesses need to be need to do to be ready it's oh, a good question. We've covered a lot of it so far in little bits and pieces, but I think the the, the big thing is, is really keeping an eye on the market from a point of view of knowing, knowing what governments are up to mm-hmm. and are they going to suddenly 
mandate this, mandate that. Now, we're seeing huge changes in uh, the grid requirements. And are they trying to squeeze some people out? Um, I guess that's a question we could probably solve over a couple of more beers maybe. But, <laughs> you know, they've got, a, they've got a need and so have you got a need. But I think that it's going to be really important to understand the energy storage market. I think that's critical. Mm. But being able to make sure that you can find what is the customer's real needs. Uh, Sometimes the needs might be to save money from a bill. Maybe it's sometime, well, I just want security or I just want to be independent. And if you don't find that sort of thing out, you will struggle. And I think keeping your, your eyes and ears really close to the ground because it's changing so fast. But I can see that there will be probably, I think, a shift away from straight grid dependence because it's getting so hard. The the cost of compliance is getting really, really hard to to maintain in some areas. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, my crystal ball says, look out for a lot more people looking for energy independence would be my call. Mm, I like it. I like it. And, and, And it follows the trend that, we are, are hearing and have heard from so many interviews and so many episodes of, you know, this increasing level of sophistication and we've got EVs ramping up quite quickly. Um, um, you know, storage is, is slowly but surely gaining a really nice head of steam and, and you know, the, the level of sophistication and uh, that you can leverage out of that to, you know, do all sorts of things, not just save money, but um, build that independence and everything I like it. That's uh, that's a nice prediction, and it's right in line with everyone else. So you're off the hook because you're you're, you're making a safe prediction there. So I like it. I like it, Lindsay. Oh, you want me to be? You don't want me to be safe. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, uh, you 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 you're right on the money, mate. You're right on the money. Um, so, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. But sadly, we're out of time. Thanks so much for joining us. It's my pleasure, Nigel, and I really appreciate the opportunity to join you on this uh, this great podcast. Oh well, uh, that's uh, your interpretation. Uh, we'll see how the rankings are after this one, my friend. <laughs> but friends, that's, <laughs> that's a wrap. My name is Nigel Morris. I'm head of business development at Solar Analytics. I hope you picked up some tips on how to build a great solar business, and I look forward to talking to you again in a couple of weeks. Great Solar Business was brought to you by Solar Juice, Australia's leading solar distributor. Solar Juice aligns themselves with brands that share their values of service, support, quality and value for money. Check out solarjuice.com.au and let Solar Juice help you become a great solar business. Great Solar Business was also brought to you by Solar Analytics. Get more from your solar, more confidence, more savings and more insights with Solar Analytics.